Hi, I'm Jago Wynn and welcome to the HDC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the daily Bible thought as we journey through the book of Acts and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Rosie Losher. So we're carrying on in Acts chapter 7. Uh, where Stephen is speaking in front of the Jewish leaders and court of officials, defending himself and his faith. As his defence, he's pointing to the scriptures and individuals well familiar to his audience. Jago and Roz started us off, um, pointing to Abraham and Joseph and then Moses, which is where we are today. Acts 7, verse 17 to 29, and I'll read. As the time drew near for God to fulfil his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt had greatly increased. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so that they would die. At that time, Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. For three months he took care for his he for three months he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was forty years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defence and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realise that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. So when I was looking at this passage, I thought it was so interesting that when Stephen pointed to Abraham and Joseph earlier on, he highlights how God is with them, their faith and trust and companionship with God throughout the trials of no inheritance and childlessness through persecution and famine. However, in this section of his speech, he's highlighting Moses' flaws rather than his strengths, his independence from God rather than his dependence. He's pointing out to them how Moses thought he could rally the Israelites. Verse 25 um, shows us that he thought they would see that God was using him to rescue them. The Sanhedrin, the people who are listening to Stephen, um, were people who had been given that position to uphold the laws of the Old Testament. And Stephen's pointing out to them here, someone who also thought he was doing God's work while somewhat missing the mark. Moses, at this point in his journey, had all the education and the input and the stature and the authority and yet was operating separate to God. He had an idea of the end game but had not yet submitted to the authority of God's plan for him. How often do I say to God, oh, I see what you're doing here. I see where we're going. I see the end game Um, and I've got it. I'm going to sort it. Don't don't you worry. I've, I've got this covered. 
I think sometimes we can try and anticipate how God wants us to act in a situation or at work or in our relationships without actually asking and seeking his will. Moses watched and saw things that didn't sit right with him and reacted in a way which Stephen says he thought God was using him. And I think there's a challenge and an encouragement for each of us to search out the will of God and submit to it. As Stephen points the Sanhedrin to Moses' imperfections, he also points to the implicit need for us to recognise God's sovereignty and our dependence on his voice. In Exodus and at the end of that passage that I read, we see that Moses flees purely out of fear of being found out as a murderer. Uh, But then we know the next part of the story is that he meets God and in that moment of hearing and listening to his voice, he is transformed from independent to dependent on God for his next steps, what to say, who to be with, even what to do with his staff. Um, My nan lived with my family for nearly 20 years after a huge stroke and she was basically unable to communicate clearly and a lot of my time was spent guessing and anticipating and trying to figure out what she was saying. Uh, Did she want tea or coffee, midsummer murders or tipping point, her puzzle or Hello magazine. And, you know, some of life's really big questions there. Um, But and sometimes it was quite fun and quite entertaining. And, you know, we had a laugh. But other times it was really fraught and felt like there was this huge communication divide. And I think for some of us, uh, our walk with Jesus can sometimes feel a bit like that, that we feel so close and yet so far. We might have clues of what he wants for us, but actually no clarity. Like Moses, maybe we see the end game, but have made some pretty poor choices on our journey. Our walk with God, though, actually doesn't have to be like that. As I grew up with Nan, I got used to the things that she was saying and I got used to her way of communicating. And as we grow with God, we learn to hear his voice and learn to recognise what he's saying to us. We've been given the Holy Spirit as our guide and our advocate and also our friend to gently reveal God's heart to us as we seek it. So this morning, as we approach God in prayer, we do so seeking his good and perfect will, his plan and his vision and his wisdom for what we're doing and who we're becoming. So I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you that you want us to be part of your work, that we get to be part of your will. Holy Spirit, I pray that you minister to us now as we pray, um, reveal to us where we're operating in our own strength and moving in our own way and guide us, comfort us and lead us as we surrender wholly to you at the start of this new week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Rosie. Before Rosie spoke, we prayed for those uh, affected most by the Grenfell fire tragedy three years ago. And after Rosie spoke, we prayed that we as individuals and we as a church, as HDC, would be aligned to God's will and vessels of God's spirit. We prayed that we would be directed as a church and be walking in God's footsteps and God's ways, depending on him, not independent of him. And we also prayed particularly for those who have been doing the Alpha online course and that Alpha course is coming to an end and many of them are meeting in groups at the end of Alpha and just prayed for them and their 
uh, turning to Jesus and they're walking with him aligned to God's will. Come.